This is Radio Radio Maria England, and this is Women Together. And the ladies are back, and they are live. We've switched from morning time to the prime time of evening this is women together on radio maria we have today the ladies are back and we have a special new addition but genevieve i'm going to pass the microphone over to you well it's wonderful to be with you again you're not dreaming it is women together series three The remit of Women Together is to help empower women to live in the fullness of who they are in Christ because, as St. Irenaeus said, the glory of God is man fully alive. And Christ himself said, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. We have an exciting series hearing some amazing stories from ordinary women who have done extraordinary things with a focus on entrepreneurship and the power of the human spirit. But we're going to start now with a prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for Radio Maria England. Thank you for the opportunity to produce series three of Women Together. We pray that you will bless our lips as we speak this evening. Give us wisdom. And we pray for all those who are listening and maybe those who haven't tuned in yet, but who you want to tune in, that they may hear your words as we speak this evening and move people, Lord, to call as well. And uh, we just ask your blessing upon the programme this evening. In the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Amen. All right. Where are we going to from now? Oh, listeners, listeners. So if you haven't heard uh, Women Together before, this is our third season. The first and second season can be heard as a podcast on Spotify, Google Play, Apple iTunes. There's a page on our website, radiomariaengland.uk. And just search Women Together on Radio Maria England and we will pop up. It was such a lovely first two seasons, Genevieve, and definitely well worth listening to. But for now... How about we introduce our presenters? Yes, yes. Well, obviously, time has passed since we were all together. And uh, as you would expect, there have been some changes. So we're going to ask the lovely ladies here to update us on uh, what's been going on in their lives, starting with Gail. Hello. Good evening. Right. Well, tonight... um... Yeah, now my I've both of my beautiful girls have gone off to university, so I am now an empty nester apparently. And at first, oh my gosh, that was very very sad and I was very I really did miss them. But now there's always food in the cupboard if I've put it there. <laughs> <laughs> and at night it's quite quiet and actually the washing gets done when I think it's going to get done. Oh. And so it's um it's not all bad, actually. <laughs> I do miss them. But um, oh, I did notice that actually my husband lives in the house as well. <laughs> I didn't notice he was there for quite a few years. <laughs> and uh, also you're continuing to uh, be involved in St. Lawrence's. Well, this is another thing because I'm not needed so much in the evening. It's absolutely fantastic. I now go to choir um once every three or four weeks which we call our rehearsal for um ablaze the most magnificent evening charismatic worship once a month at the very beginning of the month where we have uh, a youth group but it's also for the very young at heart and it's very upbeat worship music obviously all the sorts of things you find on radio maria and um Yes, I'm I'm very involved with that and I really enjoy it because I really have time to to spend with people now. It's wonderful. So that's another joyous thing for me. And if people haven't uh, uh heard you on uh the radio before, you are a teacher. I am indeed for my sins. Somebody has to do it. <laughs> And you're passionate about it, passionate about science. I would love to say that. Actually, I'd pretend that I'm not, but I actually am. I was thinking that just today. I I teach science, but I also teach some geography. And I 
I was thinking it's really important to Im involve kids and make them feel if they're a geographer that they want to go everywhere. And if they're a scientist, I want them to, I just love science, any type of science, you know, and it's, I am very passionate about it. Um, and almost eulogising, isn't that terrible? <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much for that, Gail. And moving on to Janice. Well, um, during lockdown, Ian and I had access to a missionary archive. So we went to this place, we walked, because obviously we weren't allowed to use the car. And we went down under the ground. And we spent all this time reading these letters and how they went out to all these countries. We did Jamaica, India, Africa. And it was like fellowshipping with these people and fellowshipping with these. It was just wonderful. So it was such a good influence on our heads. <laughs> So Ian wrote up the notes. We took lots of notes and I typed them up and then Ian wrote it up into several articles. So they're all coming out now like in the Presbyterians and the Methodists, uh, various journals that, that they're coming out on. So of course we're checking and proofreading that. So we're quite busy, so that's, that's very nice. Um, but in common with so many people, our family do live abroad. We've got one set, who, one who married a daughter who married a Czech and one daughter who married a Swede. Um, and of course, we couldn't go to see them for a long time, which meant we didn't see the grandson from 16 till he was 18, but now he's 18. And we've got one who's 15 and we just one who's just had their 10th birthday in Sweden. So that was fun. But we have now managed to go and see them. So life seems a bit normal. And in fact, you're grateful if they're thriving where they are. That's wonderful. You know, you don't need to see them every week. Uh, so we're grateful for that. So, yes, um, we've been quite busy. And that's very nice. Okay. Well, Andy. thank you very much for that, Janice. I'm really pleased to hear that you've been able to see your grandchildren and uh, have done a bit of travelling as well and uh, been very, very busy. Sandy, how is the garden growing? Oh, the garden. <laughs> it is growing and it's wonderful. I've planted almond trees. I've got um, uh, hazelnut bushes. I've got... Um, all sorts of different fruit trees. And today, actually this morning, I had a guy in to put a couple of paths in, in my garden. I did. And do you know what he did? Well, this fellow's called James. I must give him a blast. Oh, do, 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 Sandy, uh, go for it. J.R.H. Contracts Limited. His name is James Hoth. And he's an amazing guy. He came in and he said, what did you want doing, Sandy? And I said, yes, I want this design. And then I said, no, I want the other design. And he created a chalice of a path. He made a path in the form of a chalice that goes from one part of my garden to another. Wow. And I am so excited. I can't wait so, to see it. No, <laughs> I can't wait to invite you. <laughs> Sandy, when does it when is it going to be open to the public? Oh goodness, I don't know. When I get rid of the junk that's in every corner, but it's nearly there. It's nearly there. Um, yeah, so I've got loads of stuff. And today I was um, uh, sorting out a beehive because I think in a little garden like mine, I could have a little beehive in the corner, and that would just finish things off beautifully. You know, I've got a veg plot and I've planted some pot potatoes and other bits and pieces. Of course, now I've got to cover it all up because of the frost. But there we go. <laughs> Such is life. <laughs> Are the almond trees easy to grow? Because I'm really tempted to have one myself because I eat a lot of almonds. Do you? Mm. Well, I'll tell you when it's grown a bit. <laughs> <laughs> to be continued. Yes, it's in blossom. Yes, it is. It's a beautiful blossom, isn't it? Yes, 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 it is. Oh, and I've got um, an apricot and I've got two peach trees and a few other bits and pieces. And part of my garden, of course, I have left um, to, go, to go wild, sort of. And there's so many... So many people think, look along the hedgerows and think that the, you know, everything is a weed. In fact, they are God's gift. They're full of nutrients. They're herbs. They're beautiful things. Do you know? I even made some nettle, 
nettle soup and it was delicious. It was nettle, nettle soup with, with, um, with a little bit of butter and a little bit of garlic and it, some potatoes and a few other bits and pieces in there. And it was fantastic. Wow! Yeah, yeah. Well, we'd love to hear more more on that another time. <laughs> Maybe do well. We do. Garden, the, garden. You know what, what the English garden grows and um, what we can cook with what the English garden grows. Yeah. But um, thank you for uh, being with us this evening and moving on to our very own. Helena. Hello, hello, hello. So I have, uh, what have I been up to? We've got a couple of changes here at Radio Maria. We have a new priest director, an interim priest director. Shout out to Father Andreas, if he's listening. Uh, and he has really gotten us solid, especially with our schedule. And as you can see, we have evening programs now. The, the weekends are opening up. The mornings are opening up. So it's been all very exciting and he's been such a blessing to us and just a really big like he's a rocket he's tall as well but he's the rocket we've needed to really boost us into going to the next steps uh, we've been looking for uh, the next priest director the english priest director who will be coming hopefully soon whoever he may be if you're listening now email us at <laughs> if you are really. and then uh, we've also been traveling around england some more so it's been lovely to meet some of the volunteers in the isle of wight in ipswich in Bradford, in, uh, in in Camborne and in London. So I hope we're going to continue traveling. So keep your ears appeal. Is that appeal? No. Ears open? Ears yeah. open. Ears open. Hearts open for when we come your way. Radio Maria England could be coming to a church or venue near <laughs> you. There we go. And if not, then write in and invite Radio Maria. Um, anyway, me. Uh, so, yes, I've been busy. Uh, what have I been doing? This is the embarrassing part where you ask yourself, what actually have I been doing? <laughs> <laughs> but I have been busy and uh, I'm still involved with uh, the Kirby Lang Centre for Public Theology in Cambridge on the leadership group there and uh, still married to John. John's very busy. He's been in Liverpool today. He might be back home now. He hopefully will be listening. Um, and uh, Hello, John. Hi, John. Hi, John. Hope you had a nice time in Liverpool. Well, I know he did. Um, but I think we are especially interested to meet the new member of our team. And we have Tito. Hey. <laughs> Hi. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. Really wonderful. Excited. So, Tito, the um, the wonderful thing I learned about you this evening is that you've, you and your husband and your three children have very recently just moved to the UK from Nigeria. Yes, we have. It's been a crazy move. Um, we just kind of felt led to leave Nigeria and move. So we did it. And it's been one of those things where you're still asking God, why are we here? Um, what's the plan? You know, you leave, you leave your family, you leave everything, you know, to go. I mean, I went to school at Warwick and then I did my master's at Imperial College, but I've never lived in Cambridge before. So I'm like, why Cambridge? <laughs> but then I'm here in this room. I'm thinking, OK, this might be one of the reasons why Cambridge. And so I'm curious to see more and, you know, excited to be here. Well, it's wonderful to have you here. And your husband is a musician. He is a musician. He's very cool. He's really cool. He's been here before and he was, I think he blew off. He blew everyone off. Well, not blew everyone off. I think it was quite impressive. <laughs> he was. He, he blew off the radio. Yes, the radio blew off. Yes, he's really amazing. Aww. His name is Bez. You can check him out. Well, it's wonderful to uh, have you as part of the Women Together team. And Thank I think you. now um, we are going to be having a music break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I thought what we could do, Genevieve, is bring back... Do you remember, we had her in season one. She was our... April Shipton. Yes, yes, she April. was our... She was our... our, our we, she did testimony for us and she was our intro music so i think uh was it oh let's go with oh this one's so sweet uh precious that is a really lovely that's a one a really sweet one so let's have a little music break listeners if, stay tuned stay tuned and if you want to call in uh, you're very welcome to the number is zero one two two three three seven five five six four when we come back we're going to discuss anxiety and as Christian and Christian women, what can we do about it? So stay tuned.
just been hearing April Shipton and uh, we're going to be talking now about anxiety and uh, you know we would have been talking about anxiety as a topic right back to when uh, Brexit was happening and then and then we were suddenly uh, faced with Covid and more recently the war in Ukraine so there has been a lot to feel anxious about but we're actually going to head straight to Tito, because in terms of practical examples of actually living through an anxious time, you moved over to the UK with three young children from Nigeria last November, which was still when the the pandemic was raging. I would imagine that was a really anxious time for you. It really was. It really was because you're... You know, you're building a life, you have a vision for your life. And we're talking about this on the right here. Um, And then, you know, you feel God telling you move and you move in the pandemic. Right. So let's just even like the flights, all the COVID tests you have to do. (laughs) I really was. okay. so there was that. And then, you know, we got to London, stayed with friends, trying to find a place to live, school for the kids. Just your life is like literally upside down and I think the the hardest part for me was still, I mean, I was clear that God said we should move. I was clear he said Cambridge, but I wasn't, there was nothing else. (laughs) That's kind of like where it stopped. And it's like, okay, what do we do next? And so we've spent six six months just trying to settle in, um, make the house feel like yours, even though it's not really your home, um, build community, make friends. Um, So right now I feel like, at first, I was so distracted by trying to just settle in. And now it's, okay, I think I'm a bit more settled. What's next? So they're asking God, what's next? And so the anxiety is like building up even more. Because the first anxiety was, okay, you have to move. And then you do that and you realize, okay, I survived, right? And then it's, what's next? What am I doing next? What's the vision next? What am I supposed to the building or starting? I don't know. And, you know, it's it's been it's been weird trying to figure it out. Um, and does it feel like sometimes when you're feeling anxious, I should ask this, does it feel like God is quiet? Does that does that happen to anybody else? Or is that just me? Really? Yeah, that's what you got to pray for patience, isn't it? <laughs> it's like tell me what's next, and it's all just stay in me. I'm like I've stayed in you. Tell me what's next. So that's where I'm at. Um, trying to understand what God is doing, asking for clear direction navigating life um all the things i was doing in nigeria how to make it work here um and so every time i think i'm talking my my husband's ears off like today we had a full conversation about i don't know i feel so lost and i'm tired and i don't know what's next 
but that conversation was so helpful and i think for me that's one of the best ways of dealing with my anxiety is like talking it out because then i find myself like acting like a crazy person not 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 in that way but just i find i'm a bit more if i'm not talking about how i feel i'm acting how i feel so i'm not really very nice you know i just have like an attitude all the time and then, okay, let's sit down. And my husband goes, okay, let's talk about it. And then the, mo- the moment I talk about it, I feel, Ooh, okay, everything's fine. I'll survive. So that's kind of where I'm at. I'm so similar to that. I definitely, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it makes sense because God has made us um, uh, to be communal and uh, to be in relationship. So, it, you know, it, it, it makes sense that when we feel burdened, to share it, it releases something and it allows, I think, the the Holy Spirit to move. But I think yes, you've also yeah. really fingered um, such an important point, which is that uncertainty is a huge uh, cause of anxiety. Um, and it's not just uncertainty, but it's then we often try to to join the dots because we desperately want to see the picture that God is creating. <laughs> probably exactly. Because like, tell down, me the end now. Tell, tell me the end, probably because deep down we're not quite sure that the ending is going to be the ending that we want. Yes. Yes. So yes. normally there's a trust issue there. Um, but, uh, I mean, thank you for sharing that. Um, Gail, you know, can you, is that something yeah. that, that, that you can relate to? Well, I was going to, I was going to jump in and say, <laughs> uh, do you know, it's really funny because when I, uh, I spent a few years ago, I, I spent two years in Canada oh. and, and it was that business of moving, not knowing anyone there, oh, wow. uh, very different country and just, and at first we did some supermarket shopping for, for churches we would go to different places mm-hmm. uh, and look at different churches. And and then all of a sudden we found upon one that wasn't that far away from us. And it was an enormous church. And I'd never been to a church as big as it was. But it, it, it excited me so much that, you know, all of a sudden it was because in Canada, uh, where we lived in the Rockies, we went into snow in October and we arrived in September and we stayed in that snow until the next June. Wow. So it was quite cold and it was dark and and it felt very much that you were living inside the house. And because my children were young, they were at school, but they weren't really young. And I didn't meet the mummies because outside the gate because you couldn't stand in the gate the outside the gate because it was minus 20 (laughs) we had to pick the children up in a long cavalcade of cars Mm -hmm. and you pulled outside outside the school they waved to you and then they sent your children out to you and that was the way of making sure that nobody froze to death oh it's just a shame because that's how you get to know people is by picking them up at the school gate absolutely Mm -hmm. and so this was this was a real and and then it was a source of anxiety and and um, the time difference as yeah. well. Do you remember, trying to get f- phone calls with home, trying to get phone calls to my mum, my dad and and my parents-in-law and, and all of them. You know, it, it felt such a big out of sync yes. because we were at least nine hours wrong. And, and of course, when the children went to school in the morning, they couldn't speak to the grandparents then, but when they got home in the evening, it was too late and and it threw everything out. And it was very, uh, for a little while, I felt very lost. And then I just happened to be going through a swing door and somebody opened the door and, and said, there you are. And I thought, that's an English voice. Hello, hello, can I, can I speak to you a moment? <laughs> Please talk to me. And and actually, bizarrely, that person just became my best friend. Oh, Not because I couldn't speak to any Canadians, but <laughs> she just happened to be in the same situation and neither of us knew because we hadn't been outside the gates. Oh, And that brought us together. That's amazing. But yeah, and, and then I found this church and this church was the most amazing place I've ever worked and eventually I ended up I was sitting there in mass on the in January as we let Ben moved there in the September and there was reading out and the, the father said okay now I'm going to make this message again we are looking for someone hopefully someone who's probably been a teacher 
but someone who's got some time on the hands that could take on the youth program. <laughs> and we need somebody who can get very excited by it and use their music and, and probably use their skills. And, and maybe somebody who's worked in a church before and, uh, and I just was looking round and I was thinking, <laughs> is someone shining a light at me right now? <laughs> but it, it enabled me. Uh, and, and the one thing I would say is that um, I'd had a lot of anxiety about first being there and being lonely and, mm-hmm. and missing people. But actually, I wanted to make more friends very quickly. And I did make friends. And as it was, I made loads of friends and loads of friends from the church. Some of the best people I've ever known. But it, he, he gave me enough time to settle into the house first. Mm. Um, I know how to move a bed on my own. I can move an Ikea bookcase that's six foot tall on my own. Impressive. <laughs> Principles of <laughs> physics, obviously. <laughs> but it was almost like he gave me that space and then he moved me on and then he said, hey, girl. I've got a great gang of people waiting for you. And it did. And it made my life so excited that actually that form of worship is something that now I've taken back and and continued on. That's an interesting point, Gail, that I I think there's something about the experience of anxiety, which is very disorienting. But at the same time, it's interesting that as you're reflecting back on that time, you're also recognising it as being one of the richest times Mm. as well. And I think those two things often go together, which I hope gives anyone experiencing any kind of anxiety now hope that uh, our God is so gracious and he he actually does work all things together for good uh, for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So there's real hope there. And I think if I had gone straight to the St. Mike's. Big big up to St. Mike's. Hi, you guys. I know that you, we often pick them up later on in the night. Um, if I'd have gone straight to St. Mike's, I wouldn't have known that I was really, you know, there could have been other places. Mm. And also, I wouldn't have known how great this change was going to be in my life. I, I think, that, you know, probably didn't do me any harm. I, I'd gone through a period of anxiety and I I just before that I I'd spoken I think before about grief because um my best friend and also I was a teacher I was assistant head in a school and the head had cancer and sadly died and her and I were very very close Mm. um and I left England unfortunately just after she died and and so I was still going through grief and what I don't think I realized, I didn't obviously know at the time, but I was going through a massive amount of grief. And there was grief for my life in England, my life with my friends, mm, yeah. my life with my family, but also this massive grief of, of the other half of, of someone who, okay, sadly, it was a scientist and, and actually <laughs> loved science and, and said it right, right out loud. So it was somebody who I felt I associated so much with. But actually, I think what he was doing is he was giving me a time to lick my wounds. He was giving me a time to find myself and then realize how bright the bright things are once you've gone through the more difficult times. And and also, it, it's given me an opportunity to understand what other people go through because I'm very upbeat, as most of the people around the table know. <laughs> But actually, to to realise why some people sometimes, you know, aren't feeling quite so upbeat, you know. I so think that's very, very important, especially for people coming into the country. If you have felt how disorientated they are, how lonely they are, how strange it all is, you are able to welcome them and, and show some humanity and welcome and, and friendship. That if you've never been through that, you don't think about it. You don't no. think they're fine, they're smiling. And also, God is never in a hurry. You know, these the things will, it will, and, and the, the jobs will come, and yeah. the jobs they are coming, <laughs> and the flats they are coming to the free. Um, but, yeah. but it doesn't happen just like that. And also, Cambridge takes a while to get used to it. It takes a while to settle into Cambridge, I think. A few years to just find <laughs> Yeah, out someone said to me, give it two years. I'm like, two years? Mm. That's a very long time. But, you know, what are you talking about? 
about time is so important because I'm in such a hurry to get past the season that I probably am missing everything God is doing in this season. And so I'm not able to appreciate the beauty of things that are happening because I am building community. I am making friends. I have time for my kids to settle in. Like, mm-hmm. I can't imagine if I came in and then had a job and then had to do all of no, that at once. Right? Kids, yeah. yeah, so it's so important to also, and as I speak, I'm getting this clarity to be grateful for the season and just look at God in their season as opposed to being so anxious about the next one that you're taking it for granted what God is doing. You're not able to be thankful. You're not able to appreciate God's faithfulness. And so you miss it. So yeah, just thank you for that clarity. I just had it right. (laughs) I mean, I feel like I know it, but yeah. Okay. But but sometimes you do need to, you need to talk to someone as well. That's, that's it. And, and often, you know, they they say that there's a difference between women wanting to talk to women because they they're listening, they're suggesting things. But sometimes, but sometimes you speak to guys, like you speak to your husband, and and sometimes I just want him to go, yeah, yeah, you're right, um, <laughs> not to do anything. But he he will give me a really great list of where I've got to go next, what I've got to do, when I should do it, uh, a little calendar for me um but actually all i wanted to tell sometimes is someone to go yeah that was really tough and i'm not very good at that actually because i i will suggest how i can help you yeah, out yeah, please do that you yeah. know don't be sad and yeah. like i can i be sad for this second <laughs> it's important to have time um you know gail as you were saying you know time whether that was time you had in mass or tito for you just being here now and you know uh, reflecting as we're doing the program, so we're going to have another song. Yeah. So more time for everyone to uh, to reflect. And listeners, do know that you can call in. Perhaps you've found a way, or you can have related to anything that we've been saying so far. Do share, and you don't have to be a woman to do it either. Many of you have women in your lives, and you can share that as well. The number is zero one two two three three seven five. Five six four. Again, the number is zero one two two three three seven five five six four.
is Women Together on Radio Maria. And we are so excited to be back here this evening live on your radios in the primetime slot. This program will be rebroadcast on Saturday at 1 p.m. And of course, it will be as a podcast as well. Genevieve, back over to you. Yeah. Uh, yes, well, um, welcome back. I hope you uh, enjoyed that song. And we're talking today about uh, anxiety. And do call in. It would be fantastic to hear your experiences. Uh, you might not feel that comfortable about sharing your experiences of anxiety, but perhaps you would like to share um, maybe a saint or a prayer or something that has got you through that could be a real inspiration to someone listening this evening or who may listen on one of the rebroadcasts. So so do call in. Sandy, over to you. I'm, I'm sure you've got something wise to say about... Uh, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> this subject. I mean, the experience of anxiety, I think it's important to say it's when you're going through it, it's it's horrible, isn't it? Oh, it's it is. It's horrendous. And there's one little phrase which consists of two words that I think ought to be banned, and that's "what if." Ah. Oh. Because you go through life. If you're on your if you're on your Todd, um, you start to think, and you know your mind your mind rolls things around, and you say, "Well, I wonder if." What if, what if, what if? Well, actually, what if is it sh- should be should be um, banned. It should, really should because it's a form. Uh, I don't know. It's a form of um, it, it is. It creates anxiety in a lot of ways. I think. How do you mean, though, Sandy? Because sometimes I get. Well, what if I if I wear. My blue coat today, rather than my brown, with these particular pair ah, of shoes. Yes. Well, well, that that's a different that's a different scenario, isn't it? I'm talking about serious things that you know might be going on in your mind, um, things that you're experiencing and you're having problems with, and you you're talking talking about them. You know, talking about your problems is is a beautiful thing. But if you're on your own and you're saying "what if" all the time, mm. you, it, uh, it tends to it tends to give you anxiety. I think. So, what if I fail? Yeah. What if we need to stick to the fact that we will not live in fear? I mean, we were That's just right. dominated and man- manipulated by the government. They just spread fear and they managed it. And they got people to be terrified. Yes. Uh, well, you quote, I will not live an unlived life. I will not live in fear no. and stick to it. Yes. yes. The Lord doesn't want us to live in fear. No, no. Yeah. They, they managed our anxiety mm. levels. It was phenomenal over the pandemic. And now people are thinking, with well, the war, will it spread? I mean, there's just so yes, much. I mean, what you're it's... probably thinking of health if you're living on your own. At a certain age, one does think about that, of course. Uh, Sorry about what? Health. Oh, health. Yes. Oh, you know, yes. If you're on your own. Yes. But then, you know, in the pandemic, people were genuinely terrified. And, it, <laughs> you know, it hasn't gone away. <laughs> no, no, it hasn't. Um, no, it hasn't. But actually, being on my own and having time on my own has given me a sense of... Um, a sense of oneness with the Lord. And I can sit and wait for him. Because I've got the time. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not pushed for time anymore. So I can just sit and wait on what the Lord is saying to me. And um, I'm involved in loads and loads of things now. I mean, I've got. I'm. I'm um, uh, a member of a little Anglican church around the corner. I go to um, a house mass. I've met loads of different people, and um, and. I have I have a longing to go elsewhere abroad you know and um and it's really really great and I don't have the anxiety that comes with with everything else I live for the live for the day that's I think that's beautiful uh, Sandy with with the whole when you when you release that anxiety when you let that stop being a barrier or door or a, a 
yeah. a barrier. Then you get this longing. I feel like a lot of my anxiety is keeping me uh, hidden away or hiding or even keeping that barrier of anxiety up mm. because then what if I realize that I'm longing for something else or or something? So it's yes. So I think that's a beautiful thing that we need to understand that taking away will open up and bring other emotions and things that can come yes, to light. Yes, it brings a lot of peace. It brings mm. a lot of peace when you live in the Lord's timing. Apparently, yeah. there is quite a fine line, so I hear, between excitement and anxiety. And yeah, I don't know is. if you've yeah. ever... Mm. And yeah. I think that is yeah. absolutely true, that yeah. you can... You can feel something and then you think, oh, no, I'm feeling anxious. And then you think, oh, hang on a minute. Am I feeling anxious or am I feeling excited? excited? (laughs) And actually, I'm kind of frightened that I'm feeling excited because in whichever way you look at it, I don't know what's coming next. So actually, that's one of the things that we teach kids um, when they're coming up for their exams. Um, Actually, although sometimes you feel nervous, very nervous, if you think of it as uh, like a lot of um, entertainers, you know, they're going on and they've got these nerves, but actually it's the nerves that is is your adrenaline, adrenaline enabling rush. you yeah. to overperform. It enables you to do things yeah. that you've never been able to do before. You know, I mean, it is standing up in front of people can be terrifying, but actually this adrenaline can pump through and then it's so exciting. <laughs> uh, and so, but it is a matter of, Taking control yourself and going, uh, and as, that's what you were saying earlier, um, that it was not allowing people to be threatening you almost, mm. but taking that anxiety and going, yes, actually, I'm in control. I know I've got nerves. I know I've got butterflies, but that's going to help me do something amazing. Yeah, and And also... I do have, um, I have a friend who I've been talking to recently who has been almost um, verbally felt that she feels uncomfortable with another friend who, because she's now been able to grab hold of her anxiety and feel better about it and feel freer and parked it, and she said, you know, you know, like you do, you just walk in, you're, you're just happy. And you I went, no, this is not every time. But and she goes, well, but when I told so and so about the fact that, you know, I've just learned to park it like Gail does. I said, well, it's easy for her because she's not got anything to worry about. <laughs> and it was this sort of this negativity. And I thought, yeah, let's get a drink. We don't need that negativity. <laughs> but actually, this feeling of almost like that they had to hold on to that anxiety mm. and that, you know, you're not worthy unless you carry a certain amount of a, well, they felt that they had to carry that certain amount of anxiety or that certain amount of a cross when Jesus gave us different crosses. Yes. And but you it, don't have to always be carrying it. You can release if, it, right? You can release it. You if you observe it, I'm British... I'm just waiting to see what happens with um, the... Lovely um, Ukrainian refugees are coming over here and how they're going to be and how they're going to feel and the anxieties that they are going to um, be presented with, you know, when they they hit somewhere which is peaceful, you know, and a helicopter goes over and they're back in that horrendous situation which they've just left, you know, mentally. Um, I'm just wondering how how we as a group, as people, can help them. Yeah. It, it, really? is, a, it is a huge problem yes. because they say, have you got a room and you can you know, put a Ukrainian in it? But Ukrainian is not going to be in the room. The Ukrainian is going to be in the bathroom and the kitchen and feeling yes. ill and not speaking yeah. English and needing help with this. That is like taking on a new child. They're yes. just flooding into Moldova, Bulgaria, Poland, they're just flooding in in their thousands, and there people are exhausted. People that 
contacts that we know, you yes. know, they're going to the border every day, bringing them back at the, in the van load. And then they all, they've been in the same clothes for five days. They need loads of washing powder. They need to dry those clothes before they go on. And a lot of them are needing medical attention. Yes. Um, and that's nobody, That's before you've even th thought of feeding them. So it's a huge problem. And also, they'll be able to pick up the languages, the Slavic-type languages in, in Poland and Bulgaria and so on, Moldova. But as they've come mostly women with children, they can't just go and get a job. So no, they can't. No, they're going to. So these churches are preparing to, you know, they've got houses for 50 and you know, we've got buildings in Prague that they're doing up to take 50 and yes. others. that They're going to put them there. But this is a huge problem. Yeah. And, and it's not just Ukrainians. You know, these are the, there are loads and loads of others. Yes. It is a massive, massive problem. And we haven't even looked at the psychological damage. No, but it's lovely that, mm. the, that the church is taking an active stance mm, on yeah. one, supporting oh, yes. that. But they, the church and Christianity and our Bible and our scriptures have loads of ways to help others and to help ourselves yes. with yes. anxiety. Yes, exactly. I think when you, when you think about it and you think, oh, yeah, all these people need your help. And it's such a privilege to be able to help them. It is. And, you know, to feel like even though it might be a burden on you, you also trust the Lord to help you carry that burden. So if people need your support, you trust that God is giving you the ability to support others um, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Because yeah. on one side, they're anxious because everything they've known is falling apart. You know, life changes completely for them, their children, you know. And it's such a privilege to be on the other side saying, you know what? We're here to hold your hand. We're here to support yes. you through this yes. journey. So I really like that the church is stepping up and supporting, you know, the Ukrainians and other refugees around the world yes. as well. And pe people were saying, you know, give your money to the big ones because the government will equal that. But we have given, our church has given through, you know, faith channels because these people need physical support, but a lot, lot more. And if, the, you know, the churches are going to help them, you've got prayer, you've got concern, you've got support, yes. you've got so much, so much more, I think. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about that prayer aspect of it. So I know... Uh, Different, uh, well, Catholics have, and, and everyone's allowed, it, it, welcome to do it. It has the rosary where, one, Ukraine, many, it doesn't matter what language you speak, uh, Catholics all around the world know how to say the rosary. And in a way, the movement of the beads and your hands lets you physically let whatever anxieties might come out uh, physically as you go through each prayer, each Hail Mary, Hail Mary, Hail Mary. And it lets you move past that. And because we all know the words as well, the stress of what am I going to say in this prayer? What do, how do I open myself <laughs> to God? How, it's like, no, it's these are the words I need to say. And it it's a set amount of time as well. This Usually it takes, like, if you're just doing it, 20 minutes. If you do it on Radio Maria, maybe 45. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, but you've got that set time that you have to dedicate to that prayer. And it's going to be said together or alone. Yeah. So. Listeners, yeah. I know a lot of you love a good rosary. But, but what is that, Sandy? Well, I was just going to say um, that we've got um, Radio Maria in Russia. We've got Radio Maria in Ukraine okay. and they're, still, yeah, and they're still going. They come over here. What do we do? We switch to the Ukrainian uh, Radio Maria. Yeah, yeah. We've been so, praying together too. And that's yes. what's been so beautiful yes. is being part of this world family is, is praying is. with it's one another. It's wonderful. And the Absolutely rosary wonderful. as well. When we did the one with the rosary uh, a couple of weeks ago, it was in the afternoon. Oh, yeah. It's going to be this I, Friday too. This Friday. Oh, it was fantastic. I sat there in a, in a, actually I was just happened to be in a car park at that time. And I sat sobbing because I just felt so much as if, um, you know, I'd, I'd been over, feeling overwhelmed that I couldn't do anything. But then yeah. it actually felt I could do something. And there were positive ways all of a sudden yeah. being brought to us. Because for the first few days, you actually felt, what can we do? This is just too massive. We can't suddenly, you know, stop Putin doing what he's doing or, or fight for people. Uh, and then all of a sudden it felt... And, and that empowerment of the rosary, as you were saying, was was amazing. Mm. And one of the things that a couple of weeks ago, um, one of our candidates' mum said, uh, she was saying about how she is, um, she's a, a medical person, she's a nurse, 
And she was saying how she she prays to Mary and she regularly prays to Mary. And someone had, someone had said to her, um, but why, you know, he was he was a, a doctor as well. He said, why do you why are you praying to Mary? You know, and he said, you know, it, it, you're a you're a scientist and you're a nurse. You know, what's that going to do? Why would you praise Mary? She goes, she's my mum. Why would you not talk to your mother? Hmm. <laughs> That's wonderful. And I, I think that really highlights that, um, yeah. y- you know, we've got the amazing word of God, as uh, um, Janice was saying earlier, we can always go to that for really clear direction on not fearing. And also we can look to the people that we see throughout scripture. We can look to Christ. We can look to his mother and uh, we can look to the saints as well as living examples. We can find out about their lives. People who had to cope with huge amounts of stress and persecution and somehow they found a way to get through. Um, so I hope that's been uh, instructive and uh, it's given us all some some food for thought and places to go to where we can find that strength when we need it. And uh, it, I mean, it's been wonderful to all be together again. Um, and uh, Helena, do you want to say anything more about the rebroadcast? Yes. This, this so this was live. It's going to be rebroadcast on Saturday at 1 p.m. And of course, you can listen on as a podcast. Uh, do write in if you have any things. It's at info at radiomariaengland.uk. Gail's got one quick little announcement. Just you were talking earlier and Tito asked me about the places that we could go to to think about anxiety. I, a couple of years ago, we did uh, Stations of the Cross and because of COVID, we did it outside. So we have done a Stations of Cross around Cambridge. I did it again last week. It's amazing. I'm sorry, Aww. I'm going to plug it and plug it. <laughs> if you're feeling anxious, afterwards you won't. And I was, I was, wow. I was having a really hard day and my husband threw me out of the house and said, right, <laughs> go and see Joe and go and do the stations. It's the best thing you can do. And it was, I came back so calm, so feeling serene. We started off and you start off in Jesus Green. If you'd like to contact uh, Radio Maria, we can tell you where the maps are and yeah. the beautiful places we go to. Each station, everywhere in Cambridge is matched to a station and it has a special spirituality. Like station four, where Jesus meets his mother. We're at Great St. Mary's. Mm-hmm. Station um Is it 11 seven, where you're going up the hill? 11. And 12? 11, we go up Shire Hill, up to the old Castle Hill. And we got there at 6.15 on Friday as the sun set and I was, oh, I don't know what people thought about the woman <laughs> blubbering all over. But as we said, the station's prayers to see the sun setting, but also to be in St. Peter's little tiny churchyard as the light just going down and to oh. be amongst the flowers, to be in places like little St. Mary's was just heavenly. Well, do something physical. Make prayer physical. That's what we like to hear. And I think Janice is going to end us in prayer. That's fine. Gracious God, we thank you so much for fellowship. We thank you for the power of prayer. It's never, never lost all sorts of prayer. We know that you are in charge. We thank you for the peace you can give us in our hearts. You're the Prince of Peace. We pray for the war to stop. We know that you're in charge of the world. We pray that your will will be done on earth. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Amen.